What's up, everybody? My name is Garrett Morlang. Hey, everybody. I'm JJ Prudhoe. And we are the Super Gamer Boys. And we are the preeminent video game podcast in the entire world. We are trying to take over the world with all of our comedy, with news and whatnot. And we are so excited to be members of the HP Video Game Podcast Network. Yes, we bring you uh, all the news you want to know every week. We bring you movie reviews, game reviews, uh, and all the goofs you want to hear. So come check us out every Wednesday on your favorite podcast service. This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. What's up, Argonauts, and welcome to another Retro Gaming Podcast. This is episode 98 of the Rcast. I am your host, David Gilton, and with me is a man who Paris Lilly wouldn't want to meet in a dark alley, Robert Workman. <laughs> oh, we had to bring up Paris. I wasn't going to talk about Paris. I know I know we got Danny here, but man, come on, come on. I know we're talking Gamer Tag Radio, but we just have to mention Paris right off the bat. We can't mention him toward like the last five minutes of the show. But yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's a it's a gamertag radio related episode. As we have uh, Godfrey himself, Danny Pena, on our show with uh, with us to talk about the forthcoming documentary about the history of gamertag radio, and he's a good friend of ours. Danny, thank you for coming on, man. Uh, thanks for the invite, man. Very excited to to talk about a lot of things that's going on with us, man, and and stuff that's going on too with uh, video games, man. So I'm excited to chat with you guys. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty big day. Uh, we've had a couple of big stories there, David. I'm just gonna roll right into Paradise City, if you don't mind. Burnout Paradise Remastered. It's official, coming to Xbox One and PlayStation Four, March 16th. It's gonna be 4K, 60 frames per second, online play. The works. This game came out 10 years ago. Revolutionized open world racing. Now it's back. I think the only downside, though, no Nintendo Switch version. I think this would have been an ideal game to release in the Nintendo Switch, but uh, well, I guess take what you can get, right? Yeah. I, I think I, I think we might see something maybe in the future. Uh, I, they're probably uh, EA is probably waiting for the whole service, like the online service, to, to like become official for Nintendo. So I, that's what my opinion. I think I'm not 100, percent but that that is like a fair uh, fair guess though for sure. Because um, I know like Burn, uh, like with Burnout Paradise, it had like a very uh, kind of like it had like a pretty robust online community. Like from what I remember, like when it originally came out, so it, it would make sense like to do, you know to kind of wait to see what the Nintendo Switch online service is going to look like you know before you know kind of pulling that out on that platform. Because otherwise, it, it just doesn't make sense you know make sense for anything to not come out on Switch at this point with how popular the console has become. I, I think the thing is too is like some people really wanted takedown. You know, because they, they consider Burnout 3 Takedown to be the best game in the series. But I'll tell you what, you know, Paradise is not too shabby. Like like, I, like you said, like everybody said there, it is an open world racing game where you can pretty much go to any street corner and there's a challenge waiting. And, you know, you can race against others and everything like that. And then it expanded with um, Big Surf Island, too. Let's not forget. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's an ideal game to select for a remaster, I think. 
For sure, yeah, and um, it looks looks pretty as hell too. I mean, like you know, you, you can't really go wrong with like the visuals you know, in this game, especially for like any any like racing game. Really, uh, it's going to kind of really uh, show off like the hardware, uh, which we you know, with, with like whatever hardware that's going to be on, as far as like the visuals are concerned. So uh, this certainly is no um, no slouch in that department for sure, and um, def- definitely looking forward to it. And, and I know you're you're like a big uh, you know just like a big fan of Burnout Paradise in general, there, Robert. So uh, I, I know you're like super psyched as soon as you heard about the news with this. Yeah, I mean, I already have the Xbox One version, so it wouldn't have been the end of the world if I had to wait, like, another year or whatever. But I will definitely check it out when I get a chance. Yeah, and March, March 16th is when it's going to come out and, uh, for 40 bucks mm-hmm. too, which is not bad. So, mm-hmm. um, And, like, another game, too, that we're actually both excited to see, see come back, actually, is uh, Vanquished. Well, Vanquish. Oh, Vanquish. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're, you sound vanquished. There, yes, David. I, I, um, I do sound vanquished. But, no, um, it's been added to the Xbox One backward compatibility library along with Lara Croft and the Guardian of Light, which is a good game in itself, and uh, Brave, the video game, which is part of March Games with Gold, I guess. So I, that's not a surprise there. But Vanquish, you know, this is probably one of the most popular Platinum Games releases besides Bayonetta. I mean, it's a frantic, fast-paced shooter game that's really exciting around every band. It, it came out for um, PC last year with a 4K treatment and it's amazing. It's still fun to play after all these years. So, seeing it on the Xbox One, it, it, it's really cool I think. Uh, Danny, back me up here. Have you played Vanquish? No, I haven't, but I'm a huge yeah. fan of of, uh, of Bayonetta. I, actually, I'm playing that right now for the Switch. Yeah, oh, there you go. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Love the Switch treatment of that, but yeah. yeah. Definitely check out Vanquish when you get a chance. Um, it, it, it's just crazy. I mean, like you can launch into like this little rocket slide thing and then jump up and then drop kick somebody, then flip around and shoot them with your gun to finish them off. That, that's yeah, what nice. kind of game it is. I mean, nice. Vanquish to me has always kind of come across as if um, if like Platinum Games basically made a Gears of War game, more or less. So yeah. it's, it's it's very very much kind of like a cover based shooter, but it's just balls to the wall like crazy, as you mentioned there, with like the rocket boots and just like flying all over the place and just shooting like things that are like a hundred stories tall. And it's uh, it, it, you know it's a lot of fun. It's really it's really cool, and uh, just, I'm glad to see more people kind of get the opportunity in order to play because uh, it is certainly one of Platinum Games' better titles. I feel like uh, you know with, with Platinum Games, I feel like they're very up and down as far as like their releases are concerned like a, like a, you know with Bayonetta that's certainly a, kind of like a shining example of their of their library and everything but uh you know I, I know with Vanquished as very much up there as well so yeah are you still calling it Vanquished I uh, know no Vanquished so now <laughs> you're just like hearing things now at this point so yeah <laughs> that's I, so you got used to it, used to it. Yeah. yeah right <laughs> yeah boy I can't wait to play that Vanquished tomorrow yeah. what are you talking about <laughs> it's the prequel <laughs> that's okay hey, I've mispronounced games before it happens that's right but yeah. I don't add an ed at the end <laughs> that's true that's true um, and uh, I, I guess like to you know because this is actually going to be like the story is going to you know to lead off actually uh, and you know not to kind of bring things down but I do have to kind of keep things real like in, in regards to uh, um, violent video games basically being like the cause of like the corruption of our youth and everything. And this is kind of coming back up, uh, you know, from the uh, from the governor of Kentucky, Matt Bevan, uh, who brought this up in the you know in light of the uh, the mass shooting that happened over Parkdale. And um, you know, he brings up uh, like you know he's actually quoted here saying, "Guns are not the problem. We have a cultural problem in America," which at that point I will agree with. And then he he continues on saying, "You look at the culture of death as being celebrated." There are video games that, yes, are listed for mature audiences, but kids play them, and everybody knows it, and there's nothing to prevent the child from playing them that, ce- uh, you know, that celebrate the slaughtering of people, which is 
like it's just so 1992 it just makes my head spin <laughs> yeah i mean it's so easy for anybody to point a finger at video games saying you're the problem you're the problem obviously we know what the bigger problem is here you know being able to get assault rifles easily the whole nra thing the whole corrupt politician thing we could point fingers all day but the fact of the matter is Pointing a finger at something like video games makes no sense. There have been scientific research reports indicating that video games do not, you know, stir up people into violence. You know, that's not to say some people won't take the wrong message from it. You could take a game like, say, Hatred and just absolutely accept the wrong thing from it. But for the most part, video games are built for entertainment. They're not built to be murder simulators. And the fact is the senator or I'm sorry, whoever, governor, whatever, this dickhead seems to think... Governor seems Dickhead, to yes. think <laughs> seems to think that the video games are to blame. He doesn't get it. He doesn't understand. Like people play video games and look at us. We're not a violent, you know, group of folks. We're not. I mean, we, if anything, video games have brought us closer together as a community. Now, are there a holes in this community? Sure, but I mean, I really don't believe that 17 people were killed in a mass shooting in Florida because this guy got his rocks off on Doom. I don't think that was the case at all. I think it gets a lot deeper than that. But Bevan doesn't want to take a look deeper than that, and that's part of the problem. But the thing is, too, you know, the, uh, like in Japan and Europe, Australia, they play the same games. They watch the same movies, TV shows, listen to the same music, right? Mm-hmm. And the crime over there is way lower than ours over here. Mm-hmm. So for him to say that, you know, to blame video games, I think it's just like a, an, uh, an excuse. Because they, they don't, they don't want to talk about the real issue. That's, that's a problem. Yeah. No, it's it's just all, all all like deflecting and all to basically kind of keep keep people like away uh, at least kind of keep their attentions away from where where the real problem is and where the obvious problem now is is at this point like it's it's always like as far as I'm concerned it's always kind of been like an obvious problem with the fact that we do have too, way too many guns in this country, oh, yeah. uh, but it's you know like the the pin the blame you know again on video games which has been something that has been going on since the early '90s. Uh, it just makes it so crystal clear that, you know, with Matt Bevan in this particular case, uh, that he is in the pockets of the NRA in order to kind of say these things and to kind of deflect the attention away from the NRA when, you know, more and more people are realizing it's like, hey, maybe there are too many guns. It's like, no, mm-hmm. no, no, no. It is the video games. You, you have to believe It's the it's mental the illness. <laughs> it's not the guns. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it's, it's the people who kill, who kill people, not the guns who kill people. Like, that whole argument. Like, I, like... More and more people are just not buying it, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, mm-hmm. it's um, yeah, I, I'm glad to see that, that that's the case. But you know, to see politicians like you know, like Mr. Bevan here, uh, you know, point the blame at, at video games. I have to ask him, what year is it? Not, not to mention the fact, like Jack Thompson, guy who went after video games in the '90s. He's like, if you need any legal expertise on this, let me know. And I'm like, Jack, you got disbarred from Florida for the bullshit you went through. This is probably not the time to offer your services. Just saying. And he's from here, from Miami, Florida. Yeah, from my yeah. area. Yeah. Oh, great. That's right. Yeah. Like, hey, hello. <laughs> <laughs> hey there. I'm not, knock, not, knock. Not, it's your neighbor. I'm not blaming Florida. I'm blaming the man. <laughs> Just so right. You know. exactly. I got no problem with Florida. A lot of good people I know come from Florida. So. <laughs> right, right, and uh, I, I do have to bring up like a, a you know a, another article actually that I actually came across just before we started recording here actually uh, in regards to um, someone here like this is like from like a Rolling Stone article actually and I'll uh, I'll actually share the link here on um, on our Skype here uh, just so you guys can uh, follow along with it. Let mm-hmm. me just add it in there. Yeah, so basically this uh, this guy kind of like 
brought up like the fact that you know he he's owned like this AR-15. He's owned you know like this uh, like the same type of gun basically that was used in the Parkland shooting uh, for over thirty years apparently. Uh, but he is making the stance that video games are not to blame. And it is actually the guns. And so in order to uh, basically show, show that, like, in, you know, in, ter- in terms of protest, he's actually destroying his own AR-15. He's destroying his own gun that he's owned for over, fi- uh, for over 30 years. And um, I-, I have to commend him for that because, like, it, that, that is a true stance in order to kind of destroy something that obviously uh, holds a lot of value for a lot of people, especially people who do defend the Second Amendment, uh, you know, like, with all their, like, every inch of their soul pretty much mm-hmm. um and uh to kind of see that is is, is definitely a bold stance for sure mm-hmm, i agree yeah so uh scott P- uh, papillardo uh, basically is his name here and uh we'll have like the link for that story in the show notes as well if you want to kind of follow along with it but definitely a lot of a lot of news stories kind of going around like in, in you know in the wake of the parkland shooting and uh, i'm glad to see that there is like some actual change and some real hard stances that people are making in regards to this and also to stand up against people who are going to blame things like video games mm-hmm. in order to um you know, say that that's corrupting our youth and causing shootings and everything. It's just ridiculous. So <laughs> to move along with that, uh, there is the, uh, the story here also in regards to, um, uh, to like online only games and whether or not that they should be preserved. Um, looking at the story here, um, something in regards to uh, publishers and developers are opposing the U.S. Copyrights Office consideration to allow the public to revive these games. Yeah, uh, so like it's, it's basically kind of going into the uh, the copyright office and basically trying to uh, make them realize that, um, or like trying to kind of get to like convince them basically that uh, that you know the online only games like these like uh, these games that have only existed online. Um, you know, in order to kind of keep them like preserved, just like how a lot, you know, a lot of single player games are trying to be, uh, you know, kept kind of preserved as well. And the copyright office is basically uh, denying that like entirely. So like, there's still kind of like a fight to, you know, to try to keep these online only games uh, preserved in some way, just so they don't get like, you know, just lost in the shuffle and lost in time, basically. Uh, so Danny, I, I was kind of curious on your thought, of, like whether or not you believe that online-only games should also be preserved in this fashion. Like, say, for example, with Fancy Star Online on Dreamcast. I was going to say that, too. Yeah, of course. Of course, man. I think they should, man, because I, that, to me, I feel like there's a, a generation that has never even even played or seen that game. And, and I think it's good to, to have uh, these games preserved, man. I think so, man. It's, a, it, it's part of history for gaming, man, for us. Yeah, and not to mention the fact, like, when these shut down, you actually affect an entire community. I think, wasn't it Asheron's call that was shut down a couple of years ago or something like that it was one of those games and the, the 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 outpour of people who were upset that it was coming to a close that all their characters were disappearing that they were worried they were never going to connect with these people again you know that had a real effect on me and it has me thinking well why couldn't they have kept it open why couldn't they have handed it over to fans who could have kept it open for minimal cost and it wouldn't affect them in the least you know the only negative i can see by keeping a game like this open is becomes say like a haven for assholes or racists or something like that and all of a sudden these characters are misrepresented in the worst way possible but i don't think companies like this or groups like this would do something like that i think they want to try to preserve the better part of these games and i mean what is sure. what is, is the reason that they are denying this is there any big reasons for this or what mm, according to the article um the esa noted that um it's technical. They said uh, the proponents characterize these as slight modifications to the existing exemption and some sort of permissions are required. It, it, it's all legal jargon. I mean, that's how their answer sounds. They aren't giving a straight answer. They're going with all these legal terms in regards to it and feeling like 
it violates certain rights by keeping these online games open. Well, like late, later in the article too, it does mention like with the fact that it comes down to money, which mm. I can certainly see as far as trying to kind of keep online games online. And that's like the main reason why you do have you know these these games that basically live online and are primarily just online like online only games. Uh, that you know that their servers do go down because servers cost money to keep running, and so like the companies that own like the game or own like the servers basically. Um, are eventually going to be like, listen, this is not worth it for us to kind of keep this going. Uh, so you know, so, you know, they just like try to shut it down entirely. With that said, though, uh, you know, ever since, uh, like, I know, like, with with the PSO community with uh, with Fantasy Star Online, that ever since Sega did shut down the servers for that game, there have been fan made servers, like, basically kind of keeping the game running so that people could keep playing the game like you know at least the people who still like remember that game or even like people like who like you know have like a secondhand dreamcast or whatever they pop up like you know pso and there is a way for them to actually play the game because the only way that you can well not the only way that you can play because i know that game has an offline mode but in order to kind of get the full experience of that game in order to actually have the um like the online servers to kind of make that run i I think they should like the gaming community should create something similar to wikipedia and we could all like you know, make donations and stuff to keep the 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 servers alive for different games. I think that would be cool to have something yeah. like that, right? Something like that could easily work. It just depends on the interest in the games. I mean, like, I know a ton of people that would kill to see Western localizations of the PSO games from PS Vita. Because, like, they're really selling popular in Japan, but Sega won't give them a chance here. But by the same token revisiting the old fantasy star online and all the people who invest in that as well just to go back in and re-experience what that game was about back in its heyday yep for sure for sure yeah so uh hopefully the um you know hopefully this issue will kind of come back and we'll have the um you know we'll we'll have like have have these online only games basically uh come into the fold as well because i I do think that they are just as important uh in a lot of ways because like they're they're just a lot more likely to kind of get lost in the shuffle just because of their very nature being online only, or at least very online centric uh, in a lot of ways. So, uh, so ho- you know, hopefully that will change uh, in the near future. So mm-hmm. we'll kind of keep tabs on that. Uh, so yeah, that's the news right there. So we'll move on to the part of the show called "What Are You Playing?" We get into the games we've all been playing or have recently beat. So Danny, with you being our special guest, so why don't you tell us what you've been? Playing? Well, I play, I've been playing a couple of games: Monster Hunter World for the Xbox One X, uh, also Bayonetta One and Two for the Nintendo Switch. And uh, and also Thumper, I am a big fan of that game. I played mm-hmm. it. Thumper's a good game. It's great. But, yeah. brutal. but now I'm playing the the iOS version, so I'm playing it on my iPad. Nice. Yeah. Cool. So I finished it, you know, for the Switch and PlayStation, and Xbox. But now my goal is to beat the the iPad version. So nice. it's nice. pretty good. How about you, there, Robert? Well, I've uh, been digging a little bit back into Vanquish, obviously because it's out for Xbox One now. Mm. Um, You're not and Vanquished I, yet, yeah. <laughs> Not yet. No, not yet. There, go, there goes the mispronunciation again. Um, Bayonetta 1 and 2 on Nintendo Switch, which is really good. And I've also been digging into Secret of Mana. Mana, Mana, oh, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, um, it's a remake from the ground up, but includes some classic elements. You can go back to classic music, Japanese voiceovers if you want. And I highly recommend doing so because I'm not feeling the new music for the game at all. It's remixed, and it's not remixed in the best way. Also, the U.S. voice acting... I don't know. There's something just feels off about it. It's shaky. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, the gameplay is okay. I, I think I prefer the classic 16-bit version to the new 3D version. I think this this is kind of one of those arguments in which you would 
been better off to remaster the old graphics instead of rebuild everything, I think. Um, because it, it feels all right. I, I'm getting into the game and everything. I'm enjoying everything that's coming with it. But by the same token, you can feel something slight bit off mm. uh, in terms of how it plays. So it's not a bad game. It's just one that I think if they had kept it simple, stupid, if, uh, to put it as simply, I guess, um, they, they mm-hmm. really should have just stuck with remastering the original game instead of rebuilding everything. I yeah. mean, it's something to think about when, if and when they do Chrono Trigger. Because, you know, somewhere down the line, Chrono Trigger is going to get the same treatment. It's got to happen. It's got to yeah. happen at some point. That's, That's coming. That's coming. Yeah, yeah, it's coming. They'll probably announce it in um, three but Robert, I, I do have to ask you though: uh, Is do you know if Dave Fenoy is one of the was one was one of the characters in the in the U.S. voice acting? Because like I, I could swear that like his voice is like one of the like head knights or whatever, like um, um, you know, in the in the beginning of the game. I don't. I didn't look at the casting to be honest, but I wouldn't be surprised if that was him. I mean, you know, if it sounds like him, hey, maybe you should ask him. <laughs> yeah, I, I, in fact, I, I did ask him because, like, I remember playing like a like a preview build of the game, like in uh, was like the last PAX West, I think. And mm-hmm. um, I, I remember, you know, I remember like playing that preview build and like just hearing the English voices. And I'm like, ooh, I'm not sure if I'm feeling this. And then I hear what I could swear was Dave Fenoy. And like, for, for those of you who don't know, Dave, Dave Fenoy was like the voice of Lee in the walking dead uh, season one. And he's done like several other uh, voices. Like he's done voices in uh, like beautiful Joe. And then um, was it mafia three and like, you know, all, all sorts of other games and everything, but he's, he's probably like most well-known as playing as Lee uh, in the walking dead. So um, I, I pretty much, I like, can recognize his voice anywhere. Cause like I've, I've spoken to him and like, I've, you know, I, I've just kind of followed his work pretty closely. So like, I, I pretty much know like how, uh, uh, how he kind of takes on certain roles like that. So I'll, I'll, I'll look into that now that the game is out and everything for sure. But mm-hmm. yeah, otherwise, I would I would completely agree with you, Robert, as far as like, the voice acting being yeah, on the shaky side for sure. Yeah. So. See, now, I, I see him listed in State of Decay 2. I'm looking at his IMDb. He's doing a voice of State of Decay 2, but he's not. I don't see anything for Secret of Mana. But mm-hmm. then again, you know, maybe it's a side thing he didn't list. So. Could be. Maybe yeah. we should get him on the show. He can confirm it then. We we could absolutely yeah we'll have to get him get him get him back on the show in that case. So. There you go. Perfect. Yeah, get him back on the show. Uh, yeah. Um, as far as what I've been playing, uh, obviously Overwatch. The struggle in the season is still real. It's <laughs> trying to get kind of get out of gold is just. Uh, it's it's always like so close and yet so far is just uh, you know the, like at any moment it kind of you know turns at the drop of a hat. Uh, but aside from that though, I've been playing some Kiniki Radical Ninja, which we'll definitely be talking about uh, later in the show. But I've been playing the arcade uh, ar- the arcade archives version on uh, on Switch, uh, which is actually the um, like you know the actual arcade version of the game, which I never played before because I always played the NES version, which is actually very different. And uh, we'll definitely talk more about that in the um, in the stage of history. And aside from that too, I've been playing. Crossing Souls, and I know you, that, uh, mm. that that you were playing that recently too, Robert. And uh, I absolutely love this game. It's just really, really cool, and it just reminds me of the '80s, which I'm all for. So, yeah, it's just really, really cool. Yeah, it is a great game. I really enjoy the hell out of that. So, definitely check that out when you get a chance. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, if, if you dig like '80s visuals, '80s, I don't know, uh, just kind of like a storytelling and like the you know kids and like it's. I don't know. It's just kind of like basically if like the Goonies like had um, you know had like a, an ability to kind of speak and and battle souls basically from years past. So it's uh, it's it's pretty awesome in that way. Uh, so yeah, that's what are you playing? And uh, before we move on with the rest of the show, I do have a game code here to give away. Uh, this is for Super Rude Bear Resurrection on Steam, and I know we've been giving out a whole bunch of codes for this game, and I believe this is my last code for it. So if you haven't grabbed this game yet from the number of times that we've given it away, this is a, you're a 
you know, basically like your last chance, at least for me anyway, uh, to grab it here. So Super Rude Bear Resurrection is an ultra-tight massacre platformer that anyone can beat. Every time you die, your previous corpses stack up and you can jump on them, push them around, and use them as platforms or meat shields. Each death makes the game slightly easier, but it's possible to beat the whole game without dying at all. So if you want to, uh, to, you know, to kind of get on that, uh, you want to dra- grab the uh, Steam code here, which is GA9Q8OP6V87W4M3. Again, that's Super Rude Bear Resurrection on Steam. Enjoy. So with that, we have the Stage of History, which is a celebration of retro titles that deserve a spot, for better or for worse, in the pantheons of history. So as I mentioned before, uh, like uh, you know, one of the games we have on here is Kinniki Radical Ninja. So this is a 1986 action platformer by Irem. There are minor design differences for Kinniki between arcade and home versions, such as the color of his clothes and style of hair. All home ports show screenshots from the arcade version on the back of packaging, which is kind of shady if you ask me, but <laughs> that, that is what it is. And uh, Kid Niki actually makes a cameo appearance on the title screen of the NES title Kickle Cubicle if you hold down the A button on the second player controller. So um, I never owned Kickle Cubicle, but I knew about that trick and it actually kind of made me want to get it because I just love Kid Niki Radical Ninja. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's pretty cool. So uh, da- Danny, I have to ask you like, if you ever played any, any Kid Niki at all. No, I haven't. I haven't at all. Mm. But I have played uh, the next game you're about to mention, though. Uh, okay. Yes. I'm a huge, um, huge fan of that game, but go ahead. <laughs> I've been getting back into Kid Nicky since it got released for Nintendo Switch a couple weeks ago. It's a tough game. Like, one hit and you're dead. It's one of those type oh, of games. Yeah. And you have to start all the way over back at the beginning, which sucks. But, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's a fun game, you know, once you get into the mechanics and everything like that. But uh, I'll tell you, the Irem game I'm waiting for is Moon Patrol. Sooner they release that, the better. But, you know, if you're into, like, you know, great uh, ninja action games, you don't mind a bit of a challenge. That version of the uh, the uh, Switch version is good. And I also recommend the NES version. It was a, a pretty good translation there. And I think we talked about this a while back. Kid Nicky Radical Ninja 2 was on that um, retro system I sent you last year, David. Mm-hmm. The one that was made by, um, I forgot who it was, but there was a company out there that did that. And it was a completely different game than the first game. I was like, what the hell's going on here? It was yeah. just it was kind of twisted, but it, yeah, it, 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 it's very, very different. And, uh, but like, I, I absolutely love it. Just, I don't know. I, I don't know why I love Kid Nikki, honestly, cause it is kind of like your standard run of the mill kind of NES like action platformer basically. But I, like, I think I love like the name. I love the box art too. Like for the NES version, it just kind of has that pink border with like the dude with the sword and like with the girl all tied up. And it's just, it's just so eighties. It hurts in a lot of ways. <laughs> right. And, uh, but, as you mentioned there too, like it's kind of like a challenging game too, since it's like one hit kills. Uh, and the fact that you just play as this, you know, this kid basically with a punk rock hairdo and he like the way that he attacks is he spins his sword around super fast and just thwacks people off in the distance. I just, I don't know. I just absolutely love it. It's very satisfying. Let's kind of thwack people and they go flying off like their team rocket and Pokemon. So let's, let's talk <laughs> about something awesome. though. Let's talk about death breath. There's, here's a boss with a <laughs> tiny little body and an enormous head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, ooh, like ooh, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. I'm like, how does he not fall over? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there, there, there are a lot of things wrong with this guy's body for sure. Yeah, it's just like the head and like the overall shape of it too. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of questions along with Death Breath for sure. I guess with a name like Death Breath, you don't give a shit. I guess <laughs> that's true. That's true too. Uh, so moving on, and uh, you know, certainly a game that I think Danny has a lot of experience with here is Final Fights. So this is a 1989 beat 'em up by Capcom. 
It began development as a sequel to Street Fighter under the title Street Fighter 89, but changed to a beat-em-up after Capcom noticed the success of Double Dragon. Characters from the franchise would later appear in Capcom fighting games, including Guy, Cody, Mike Hagar, Rolento, and Poison. And English localization of the SNES port made several changes to censor content, such as all alcoholic references removed, a man yelling out, oh, my car, instead of, oh, my God, mm-hmm. uh, in the bonus stage, as we mentioned before, Robert. And, yeah. uh, and, re- and also replacing the characters Poison and Roxy, the former of which was written as a trans woman. So that's kind of like the main reason why they uh, actually t- you know, kind of took Poison out of the game in that regard. So, uh, so Danny, like, s- since you didn't have much to say on Kid Nikki, we'll, we'll leave the stage open for you to <laughs> kind of talk about some final fight here. Yeah, so when I got my, well, I used to have a Dominican Republic, and my mom got me a Super Nintendo as a surprise, and it was uh, Mario World, and and it was Final Fight. So I, I will never forget this playing that game for the first time, man. When I, when you got to the to the train level, I was like, oh my god, graphics can't get better than this, man. Holy <laughs> crap! Yeah. Uh, but it was really really cool, man. I loved it, man. I loved it. It reminded me a lot also of uh, Streets of Rage too, like that type of vibe around that time too. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Really, really enjoyed playing that game man, back in the days, man. And God. when we, uh, when I had the, a business with the Dominican Republic, uh, that was one of the games that people would go and play for like 30 minutes or an hour. They'll pay me. I let them play uh, Final oh, Fight. Yeah. And stuff. That was, yeah. Because I, I remember you, you like, talked about that business in your um, in your documentary, which we'll, you know, we'll definitely get into in the episode. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, I, I was kind of blown away by that, like with the fact that you had people kind of come over to basically your, your gaming room, more or less, and just kind of like just just uh, pay to play, more or less. So, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I was trying. Cool. I was trying trying to come up with you know business, trying to get some money. Yeah, <laughs> for, sure, for sure. But I think yeah. that was that. That's perfect. I mean, it was. It's not exactly like the arcade, but it was similar, close to it. You know, for 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 a home console, yeah. I think it was good. Man. It was great. Mm-hmm. There were th- three things I distinctly remember. The first one is I remember paying a fortune to get the Final Fight Guy cartridge from Blockbuster. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. The one that had a guy, because otherwise the Super NES version didn't have guy in it. In the first one, anyway. Um, second one is I remember entering a wrestling ring of what was it, three or four Endori Juniors coming after me at once. That was always fun. And then the third thing that always perplexed me, how could I break an oil drum and find a hot piping ham inside? <laughs> and better yet, would you even want to eat that ham? At that yeah, that apparently <laughs> it helps my health. But, you know, it's like, yeah, Metro City, the place of hot piping hams in unique places. Sure. Right. <laughs> okay. Sure. <laughs> sure about that. Yeah. But this, this game was a lot of fun. And obviously um, the second CD version was more arcade perfect, had two extra levels. And then obviously we got we saw the like Final Fight Dumble Impact, which came out for Xbox 360, also back Xbox One, backward compatible, and PlayStation 3. Uh, the unique thing about that, it was always online. Like you had to have an online connection to play it because right. one of the features was you could connect with other players and take part in online matches. And when you paused, the game didn't pause. It was like an arcade game. It kept going. <laughs> Which Are we sure that that, that you know that that wasn't because they wanted to prevent piracy in some ways? <laughs> um, I don't know, but it, it was an authentic arcade experience. That's the best thing I can say about it. So right. interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So that's final fight right there. So that's going to lead us now into Obscura. And you know, Obscura, I really wanted to dive a little deep here and talk about a game called Sparkster. Uh, this actually came out for both the Super Nintendo Entertainment System and Sega Genesis in October 1994. A sequel to the original Rocket Knight Adventures, which came out for Genesis. But the thing is this. The Super Nintendo and the Sega Genesis versions were completely different. The Super Nintendo version was fashioned more like a a more colorful, typical platforming game. 
Whereas the Genesis version had more intricate level design and, and looked more like a hardcore Castlevania Bloodlines sort of game. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, there were both side-scrolling platformers and everything like that, but how you use the rocket pack in the Genesis version was a little bit different with its dual boost, which was kind of cool. Helped you get to higher areas and everything. While the Super Nintendo version was more basic, followed the plot line sort of like of the first game, how the first game played and everything. But I, at the time, it was kind of unheard of. You know, like when a game came out for two platforms, for the most part, that game was alike on both platforms. You know, like Mortal Kombat, T2 the arcade game, stuff like that. There were very little differences between the two. But with Sparkster, the two different versions that came out, it was night and day. It, it was almost like you were a little stunned how different they were, and yet how both games were really awesome in their own way. You know, it, it's just something you really don't see anymore in terms of like multi-platform releases. Because usually when we see that, like I said, it's the same game. Yeah, for sure. And like I, I know that was the case too with uh, with Aladdin um, and also the Adventures of Batman and Robin. Like the like oh, you know, yeah. as far as like the SNES and, and, and the Genesis version of those games, like th- that's night and day for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, that, yeah. I mean, Batman and Robin Super Nintendo was more like a platformer that revolved around the TV show. The Genesis version was more like a shooter, yeah, hardcore shooter. Like it's kind of like really, Gunstar Heroes and a lot of incredibly. Those. Yeah, it was really hard, but yeah, I mean, it's just a practice we really don't see anymore. It was kind of interesting back in its day and. I was happy to own both versions at one point. It was really cool. So, yeah, for uh, for uh, Obscura, I thought I'd bring that up because it was a curious little example. Uh, Sparkster, yeah. check it out. It, both yeah. versions are great, by the way. I, I don't really recommend one over the other because they're both fun in their own way in terms of how they're made and everything. So, yeah. It's crazy that you mentioned Atlanta because uh, I had both versions. I love the Sega Genesis because of the gameplay and everything, but I love the soundtrack of the Super Nintendo version. I think it sounded better on that. Yeah, yeah. I agree. The right. sound overall, like on Super Nintendo games, were just going to be better, like just, just like regardless. But um, I, I think like with the with the Genesis version, at least for Aladdin anyway, uh, the you know, with the fact that they had the animation actually done by Disney themselves, uh, certainly kind of went like a long way. You, you know, it's not, it's not like the SNES version was a, was a slouch in the animation either. But I guess like just having that you know that legitness pretty much to like the disney animation yeah and not to mention the super nes version had better use of color i thought it was a lot brighter than the genesis version because the genesis version looked kind of dusty i mean not that it was bad but you take a look at the filtering in the genesis version super nes version is a lot more colorful but it played better it played better though big time on the Sega genesis oh yeah yeah yeah, it, 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 it's it's kind of funny like how there are like some of these differences with some of these games and like whenever you look at like you know ports of games like on the SNES and Genesis like you, like a lot of time you will come across like a, you know them being the same for the most part but you know also you'll kind of come across like there's like these small differences that you know just like you're, you're like why why do they have that in there and not in there but the other way around like for something else is this weird? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. But yeah, anyway, that's uh that's obscure. Just pointing, just knocking it out there. Cool. Very good. Very good. So I right. got Sparkster there. And so now that's going to lead us to our main topic, which is pretty much all about you, you here, Danny. So uh, <laughs> we're, we're going to be talking about uh, about Gamertag Radio, uh, like how it got started, as well as like the the Gamertag Radio documentary that's going to be coming out real soon. Um, so like we're you know we're definitely really excited for that. And I, I had a chance like to watch the documentary as well. And uh, I'll just kind of say like right off the bat, it's it's a really really good documentary. Um, I, I would say like 
you know, like the story is like this, you know, the story that's kind of like told basically like, you know, basically your story about, you know, and also the story about Gamertag Radio, it really kind of hit home for me in a lot of ways. It's like, you know, obviously with us running our own podcast and like trying to kind of like, you know, help kind of get things off the ground, like, you know, on, on our end. Uh, mm-hmm. But seeing like the kind of, um, you know, the struggles that you that you went through, uh, as well as like, you know, all the work that you kind of like put into it, like I, I kind of like see myself in you at certain points in the movie is just like up all night trying to edit things and just trying to make sure that things are the way that they exactly need to be is like yep that's guilty as charged <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's good that's good though too because you know i uh i i edited the whole movie through using iMovie yeah my, uh, nice. my yeah i mentioned that to people and there were a lot of people get they, they get all surprised like really you didn't use like no <laughs> uh, final cut or you know other expensive software and i'm like nah the thing is, to me, it, it was all about the content. I just wanted to tell people like my story, and at the same time, I want people to see the struggle, man. Because I think a lot of a lot of the gamers now, content creators now nowadays, they just want everything like success to come up like so fast. For us, it took us a very long time, you know. And and it's good that we went through that struggle. You learn from you learn from it, and 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 it makes me even hungrier to to work even harder, you know. So. Yeah, that's good that you liked it, though, man. Really cool. Yeah, I'll tell you, man. I mean, I've known you for the longest time. I, I remember, like, I heard you record a bumper like ages ago for uh, gaming noise. Gaming noise. This was like one of the one of the good old. Yeah, yeah, one of the old school pod. This was back when we didn't have specialty mics and headsets for podcasting. You had to use whatever gear to get your hand hands on to get sound good and everything. Back but, in the old days, yeah, exactly. <laughs> back before convenience. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I just I've known you for the longest time, and you always had that drive in you. And uh, this show has been going around. Uh, you actually uh, launched, I believe, back in two thousand five, right? Yeah, February 2005 and uh, February 25th. That's when we're going to turn 13 years old. Wow. And um, and that's the day that we're planning to premiere the, the movie on Twitch. And I just got uh, an email a couple of days ago that Twitch is going to feature on the front page um, during the li- during the live stream of the premiere. So I'm very yeah. excited. That's that's it's cool, man. It's never been done before. So uh, like on Twitch, it's like totally new for them. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just curious to see what you know the the gamers are gonna say uh, about the movie, man. You know, so we'll see, we'll see. I'm, yeah. I'm excited. I'm very curious to see what's gonna happen after this yeah. uh, comes out. You know, I so. mean, I don't think I, I've ever known of any documentary based on the podcast. Period. You know, and like the you know the you know to see this one now, like you know, based on not only like you know a podcast, but also your podcast being a gaming podcast and you being a voice in gaming for so long through Gamertag Radio. Uh, you know, is is really is really cool and very inspiring too. I have to say, you know, as well, it's kind of like watching everything that you know again that you kind of like went through with it. Um, so yeah, as, as you mentioned there too, like you know, with, with having started in two thousand five, so so thirteen years ago, uh, I was, was kind of curious, like, what prompted you, like, from the beginning to uh, kind of like start this podcast? Uh, well, originally, um, I know we mentioned this a, a couple minutes ago. You know, originally I got into internet radio because of Fanny Star Online. Um, you know, I love the community so much there that I was like, man, let me just create an internet radio show. So I was using uh, this website called mp3.com. Um, that's, that website was originally for music artists. They'll mm-hmm. put up like their music and every time somebody streamed their music or download, mp3.com will pay them. So I was like, wait a minute. So I can have my own website. This is free hosting. 
let me just upload my content through there and see what happens, right? So I uploaded my first episode uh, about Family Star Online, and we talked about one of the quests that was available online and stuff. Um, that was like brand new, so we we kind of like talked about it. If it was good or not. And I just released it. Then I don't know how it happened. IGN and this other website, PSO World, picked mm-hmm. it up, and it just went everywhere. So I got money from it. Um, like within a month, I got like five hundred dollars because of people were streaming my content so much. So I was like, oh man, let me continue. So they shut down p3.com. So I lost, I lost a lot of my content from there. And then a couple of years later, that's when I decided to create uh, Gamer Tag Radio. I was like, man, let me t- do this again. Maybe uh, I could start a business out of this again. So, But at that time, podcasting was so new that people, the only way people to listen to the show, they had to use their computer to to stream our content. Or if they had a, um, a device where you could put like a little, uh, your MP3, you had to connect it to the computer, download it, and, and yeah. send it over. It was like a whole mission back in the days, you know. <laughs> For so, sure. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, there were there were online there, at that time. There were like a couple of uh, third party applications for podcasts that the podcaster community created that back in the days. This was before iTunes added podcasting to their platform. So, but once Apple announced podcast was available on iTunes, man, that that's when everything just blew up for for everyone at that time, man. Yeah. Crazy, yeah, and like, like, was there any point, like, uh, you know, when you kind of got started with uh, with Gamertag Radio, like, where you where you thought to try to bring it out on radio first, or try just to kind of bring you like your own, I don't know, your own kind of like a uh, you know gamer intellect and like just kind of like your own personality basically out there, like for like radio, or or were you just always kind of thinking like I, I need to kind of make my home online, and that's all I'm gonna like try yeah. to focus on? No, I always focused online because I was like, man people from around the world can listen to it instead of just locally you know so um the way how i I, the way how i got my name out there locally was uh, i used to go to like different gaming stores and pass out flyers every time there's people in line waiting for like a major game to come out at midnight you know now it's a little bit tricky because everybody could just download their (laughs) their games at home and stuff (laughs) but but back in the days dude there was people lined up waiting for like halo 2 or Mm. or those major majors launches uh i would just go out there and just pass out flyers man and then from there they would just spread the spread the word they'll they'll mention it to like maybe their family members across the country or maybe internationally so you know, that's how we got our name out there, man. You know, so, but that was good. I was always been focused on that, uh, of just doing it online instead of having like a regular radio show. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's, that's actually something that I, I, I certainly respected, like from, you know, like, like from you as far as like, you know, watching like the documentary, like watching like your whole struggles, like with like throughout the documentary and, um, you know, with like kind of like the, uh, the promotion aspect of it. And obviously you put a lot of hard work and just like making the shows and editing them and just kind of making sure they're of like the best quality that you can at the time and everything, but also just with the, you know, with the promotion and everything. And like, I, I can certainly kind of, kind of speak for myself that like I put a lot of, I put a lot of my focus certainly on just like developing the episodes and make sure that they're of the best quality and everything. And sometimes the promotion kind of falls by the wayside and mm-hmm. I have to kind of like balance it some, some way, like just kind of mm-hmm. like make sure everything works. And Robert has actually been doing a great job, uh, like especially lately as far as like with like promotion, like, you know, now that we have utilities like social media, like with Twitter and everything. And obviously that wasn't a thing back then for you, mm-hmm. like this guy's starting off. <laughs> for us, uh, we'll, get, get that MySpace page. <laughs> yeah. No, but you know what it is too, guys? That I, I think it's important to 
yeah, it's cool. We have social media and YouTube and all this stuff, right? Twitch, right? Things has changed a lot throughout the years, but the most powerful thing, man, and it will never change. It's meeting people in person, man. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, we all live in different cities, but there's always meetups or events locally that deals with games. So it's good for us to attend those events so people can know more about us and they can learn more about your about your podcast, right? But you know, we're just stick with us. We're just like used to staying home and 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 just post the, the the content online and that's it. But I know we could do more than that, man. Let's meet people. You know, every time I go to a different city, I post it on on our Discord, social media, to see if we could do like a little meetup, and I'll meet up with our listeners locally, man. Every every city that I go to, man, all the yes. time. You guys really do know how to get a great community together. And I want to bring this up too. Just a little while back, you actually did for the first time in your show's history, you did a live recording at the uh, PodFest Multimedia Expo, I believe it was. Yeah, yeah. That was in Orlando a couple couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah that was I mean, a lot of fun. And and we've never like I'm always with the guys at events, right? Like uh private media mm-hmm. events, but we never done a show like a place like this or maybe like PAX or stuff like that. We've never done that before. We've done parties. You know, we hosted mm-hmm. parties, but we never recorded an episode. So, yeah, that was something cool, man. Very, very special, man. A lot of fun. And we had uh, people um, that live around locally in Orlando. They just showed up. Um, I, I invited them to, to check it out live, man. So mm-hmm. I was I was. That's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. Because I'll tell you, I mean, like every time I see you guys in events and everything like that, there's like nobody you won't reach out to. I mean, that 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 really marks the difference between like somebody who knows how to build a solid community and somebody who builds community the wrong way is how they interact with their fans. Like mm-hmm. a, a problem I see with some of these Twitch and YouTube people is that you know they 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 become so big that they forgot who got them there and they start to develop this ego and everything like that. And all of a sudden it's like, well, you're here to celebrate me, right? It's not like, Hey, nice to meet you. Thank you for supporting my thing and everything like that. But Gamertag, you guys have always been about, you know, supporting the people that back you up, that listen to you and everything like that. And then that, I think that's something that really sets you apart from all the other wannabe podcasts. I mean, obviously there's some great podcasts out there. I'm not saying everybody else is assholes, but I'm Mm -hmm. saying, you know, you guys really do know how to set the standard in terms of, building a community and keeping it yeah yeah the thing the difference is that we always make them feel like they've always been part of our journey since day one mm-hmm. always so a couple of years ago when when i got inducted to the hall of fame it was in uh, uh during podcast movement in dallas and um fort worth in dallas um and i went over there and i invited our listeners that that live locally in that area and i was like look I'm here. I'm I'm getting inducted. I would love for you guys to come with come with me and be part of this award. Then, and, and uh, let's go to the wet carpet. Let's take pictures. Let's hang out. We sat in the front row, and uh, when I went on stage, you know, there was like a thousand plus people there at the event, right? But I was I looked directly to my community and I thanked them first. Like I thanked them because they are the ones that that made it happen for us, man. We could release all this content. With big time interviews and everything like that, right? But it's the they are the ones that that helped us to become even bigger. You know, without them, it would have been a flop a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So that's why I always try my best. If I go to different cities, I would love to like meet with our listeners, man, everywhere. 
Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. And I know, um, I know, like, Robert and I, like, whenever we go to, like, you know, to, like, conventions, we, we go to, like, a fair amount of conventions, you know, especially you there, Robert. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we always, like, try to kind of, like, make it, like, kind of known that we're there and we'll kind of, like, meet up with people. And, like, sometimes I'll just kind of just bump into people there who I just don't know personally. And they'll be like, oh, didn't you, you know, didn't you work on, like, so and so thing on, like, YouTube or whatever? Because I've, I've done, like, a number of different projects at this point that, mm-hmm. like, at some point, like, people will just kind of, like, stop me and like just kind of like hey didn't i see you like last year like doing so and so it's like you probably did (laughs) more than likely it was me yeah you're right yeah yeah that's kind of just you know just running around or that you know that or i've been like cloning myself just been been busy with that just uh i get this much work done as possible but um but yeah it it is really interesting and really cool and uh you know especially with how much outreach that you can have especially lately you know as as you mentioned there with like uh you know with like youtube and social media and everything that uh you know your outreach can be much bigger than you yourself can even realize especially if you are a con you know content creator nowadays uh for sure or if you're like kind of getting started and everything it can kind of you know just take you by surprise honestly as, as it does for me like every single time i was like how how do you know me like i'm, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just a dude Wait, i'm just didn't i I'm see just you doing my craigslist yeah this is like the uh like misconnections or whatever yeah yeah i know <laughs> misconnections you were there hawking your podcast i was there right. listening that's right uh, that's right and, and another great thing about gamer tag radio i want to bring this up to are the hosts that you get together for the show because mm-hmm. i'm friends with a lot i mean i know peter obviously is a, is a good post host there mende paez who used to be on the show and everything and now she's doing stuff with hasbro and i guess i'll bring up paris you <laughs> <laughs> have a love-hate relationship like me and paris get along like the best of friends but anytime we're on social media every time i say like well i'm going to this you know, i'm going to cleveland or something paris is like stay there or something like that <laughs> like you always yeah. seem to have Great, great habit of picking great hosts to talk on the show, and I guess that includes Parrish. Because you know what it is, I it's good for for like let's say you guys, right? If you plan to get like any future ho- uh, calls in the f- uh, in the future and stuff, I think it's important to get to know them instead of just treating them as like, hey, you're uh, you're just my co-host or you're my business partner, and that's it. No, it's good to get to know them. You know, like Paris was the first person that I met a long time ago. You know, he he saw us. Um, online and some video that we're, they were uh, interviewing us at an event and it inspired him to to start his own podcast and he emailed me right away and at that time I was on vacation so it took me a while to 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 reply back but you know I gave him some tips and every time we'll go to an event we meet up and hang out we became really close um, and he was still doing his own podcast so uh, Uncle Gamer right Pete was you know his wife used to work with me at a at a company there and um she was the one that told them about me and uh, told them about the the podcast and uh i invited them because that day i had a uh, guitar hero they sent it mm-hmm. to me um for the for the xbox 360 and i had like a little party and he came we, st- we started talking i told him about the podcast and uh we became friends right after that man right but the good thing is that we all have different different opinions about every type of uh, topic right so it creates a conversation it creates a debate so when uh somebody listening to the podcast man they get into it so they also send a a voicemail or an angry email you know trying to defend one of us or maybe they disagree with all of us and you know it's cool you know but that happens because we're having fun and we're all friends man you know so yeah, and it really kind of comes across that way too. Is like you know, as, especially as you're just kind of like just talking with each other, and that chemistry is there, obviously. And um, uh, you know, with uh, you know, with like Robert and I, I could say certainly, uh, you know, we had a podcast before this one back when we were both with uh, with Retro Magazine, 
And um, I wasn't quite sure, like, you know, after, like, leaving leaving Retro Magazine, I wasn't quite sure as far as, like, what I was going to do just gaming industry-related-wise. I figured I was kind of take a break and just kind of figure things out from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but Robert's kind of just reached out to me. I remember, uh, you know, I remember you specifically, Robert, just kind of asking me, it's like, do you still want to do a podcast together after you mm-hmm. also left, you know, left Retro? And it just kind of got me thinking. It's like, you know what? We, we did have a good thing going with what we had before. So let's just basically rebrand and basically just do the exact same thing, more or less, of what we were <laughs> doing. And also, like, kind of, like, you know, spruce up, like, whatever we can and just kind of make things better and learn as we go and stuff. Um, so, yeah, and then now we're, like, close to 100 episodes now for our, for our own. That's episodes. awesome. The most important thing is that you guys are having fun. Yeah. yeah. You know, the yeah, day that you're not having fun, that's the day that you should stop, man. See, yeah, oh, but I understand yeah. maybe I had a couple episodes where I kicked back a little too much. Next thing I know, I thought my microphone was off and I'm belching. And oh, yeah, okay, that was. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, for the most Behind part. Behind the I, scenes. Uh... <laughs> yeah, burp, episode, burp, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. But yeah. um, no, I always try to like. Whenever I do a podcast, whether whether yours or whoever's, I always try to put my best foot forward. You know, try to think of the best stuff I could talk about, the, the best arguments, the best questions, everything. When I go to interviews, all the best questions, everything like that. And I've even appeared on Gamertag Radio a couple of times. I, I know I'll never appear again because Danny said so. Um, <laughs> no, that's a joke. <laughs> uh, I, know, I, know. I, I still Man. remember like two of my favorite podcast inter- appearances were on Gamertag. Like I remember one episode we recorded, it was a prototype event in Las Vegas. It was you, me, and Hip Hop Gamer and a couple other people. Mm-hmm. And some sort of argument broke out between me and Hip Hop Gamer as usual and that was a fun one and then we also did one during the assassin's creed unity event we're like what do you want to record and we're like we'll record inside paris and paris's eyes popped open they're like no paris the hotel <laughs> <laughs> yeah i remember that I remember that. But no, I mean, you up and just just like a tauntaun or something. Right. I'm like, I'm not, I thought there was smell bad on the outside, but you know, yeah, yeah. I I think it's just a matter of back in the old days, I wasn't as experienced on podcasting as I am now. I learned a lot with Gamers Garage, Post Game Report, and everything like that. And I think like nowadays, I really try to just put my best foot forward no matter where I'm going. And With, with this podcast, with our podcast, we're nearing 100 episodes, and I just really want to push it the best way forward I can. So I do code giveaways. Anytime we're on a panel, I hype the show and everything. We try to get the best interviews and the best guests, obviously. Um, so, I mean, we we always just – I mean, I, it, David brings out the best of me in terms of, like, getting good conversation pieces and everything like that. And sometimes he'll he'll go off topic. You know, like, da- David, how many times are you going to talk about Persona 5? But it's game of the year, Robert. It's game of the year. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> it always keeps things interesting, though. I think as long as a podcast has that interesting angle. I mean, I've, t- I've listened to the last couple of Gamertag radio episodes where you guys talked about, like, Disney thinking about replacing EA to make new, different Star Wars games with other developers and everything, and um, THQ acquiring Kosh Media and Deep Silver and all that. So there's yeah. just been a lot of different topics that you guys always talk about, and it's always interesting to hear what you, Peter, Paris, and whoever's on the show talk about it. It's really great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. the the... the- best thing about our show is getting questions from our listeners oh my god they will come up with like these great questions great uh conversations about different things oh my god it's so cool i love that that's like honestly yeah we talk about the news but that's like my favorite part when we record our episodes man you know and then at the same time we're engaging with them you know they, they feel like they're they're part of the conversation you know and we love doing that all the time man 
Very cool. Uh, yeah. So, like, I, I was, I was kind of curious, like, with, um, you know, also, like, you know, obviously with you having been, you know, in, in the gaming industry for, like, you know, so long through your podcast and everything, uh, how it feels to not only being a prominent voice, like, for gamers, but especially those in the Latino community, because you, you're certainly kind of, like, a big inspiration in that regard, too. Yeah, I think that's super important, man. Um, you know, uh, last year I went to Dominican Republic. Um, just uh, I was promoting this movie uh, down in. It's called The Messengers, a podcast documentary. That's another one I highly recommend for you mm. guys to watch it. Um, so I was over there, and um, I have like my family and stuff. But I also wanted to get to know more about the gaming community over there. You know, so um, I got to meet a lot of gamers over there that were very influential in, in the capital, in Santo Domingo, in the Dominican Republic. And um, they also know a lot of other gamers that they're known on YouTube. You know, just recently, one of the first Dominicans that uh, won, and I think it was some Capcom Cup. It was like a tournament, Street Fighter mm-hmm. tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he was the first one from the island to, to – to, he was in first place. So that was cool. So I got to meet a lot of them over there, and a lot of the people that were that were there, they were telling me that they feel they feel kind of like left out. You know, every time there's an event or something big, it's always like in the bigger countries like uh, Mexico, Brazil, and so on, right? But in a little island like the Dominican Republic, they don't get no love. So you know, my goal is to to uh, go more over there, uh, get, try to help them out with like different events, and maybe. You know, I want to do more things over there, man. So they so they don't feel left out, you know. And also, I met a lot of um, people that would like to be part of the gaming community, uh, gaming industry. That there are like developers locally over there, um, but they don't have the resources for them to to learn more and and travel here to to the United States and stuff. So, you know, that's another thing I want to do. I want to try to get more people that are involved in the gaming industry that they do that mm-hmm. and uh, maybe do like special classes or sessions or something to help them out so they can feel like, man, we're, we're getting a lot of support over here, you know? Mm-hmm. So that, that's, that's why I'm, I'm trying my best to do more things like that, man. Not only, not only in Dominican Republic, but also in other like countries in Latin America. Yeah, and like I know, I know nice. like there's there, there's been kind of like more more representation. I feel like for you know for um for like Latinos, uh, like I feel like in the gaming industry, uh, certainly like the most prominent ones I could think of um, are Nero, who runs Destructor. Who, who, oh, that's who, a good friend who, of mine. Who, who used good to? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. He, he it's, it's it's actually kind of funny because like I remember meeting him for the first time, and uh, we like went out for lunch, and <laughs> I I remember like like one of the first things I told him was like you know like you you come across like online like with your persona and everything almost like like the uh, the internet Scarface in a lot of ways, <laughs> but meeting you in person, you are like the sweetest guy like ever, and yeah. I, I I promise not to like you know break that uh that whole you know mold or at least like the, the reputation that. You built for yourself in that sense it's like good because I, I would have to kill you in that sense yeah but it's crazy because with nero you know he he used to live he's from here from miami so um when we started doing like our parties i contacted nero and he heard about us too he's like yo let's work together because he he's trying to do parties too mm-hmm. and we've done we've done like a couple over here back in the days and uh it was very very big man like our last party we had was during super bowl weekend we had like a thousand people a thousand plus people at our party. We had tournaments. We have DJs. We had live performances. Um, you know, Nero had like a little tournament too over there, like for I think it was like a fighting game for Street Fighter and all that. So it was cool us always doing stuff together, man. Yeah. 
So when they had a party, we'll help them out, promote it, spread the word, have them on the podcast and so on. So man, we did man, we did some serious damage back in the days, man. <laughs> I and, so. <laughs> and, and GTR, man, it was a lot of fun. Oh yeah, and like mm-hmm. I, I, I have to also mention to uh, my um, my my good friend Yami uh, over at Twinfinite. Um, she... Oh Yami, that's my little mm-hmm. sister. Man. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, she, she's <laughs> she's an absolute joy. I I, I absolutely love her. I remember um, like like back in my YouTube days, I actually did like a YouTube interview, like you know, it's like with her. Um, and uh, that that was a lot of fun. But like even having her as part of like one of our episodes as well. Uh, just kind of talking about the, uh, I think it was like the fifth anniversary of Twinfinite. Um, and uh, it's it's just amazing to kind of see, you know, so, someone like her, like, you know, who is like so passionate about the gaming industry. Uh, but also, um, I guess I kind of felt like the, the cards were kind of like stacked against her in a sense, like not only uh, being, you know, being, uh, you know, being like uh, being Latina herself, but also being, you know, being like a woman as well. Like that's, that certainly kind of uh, has like its own fair share of issues to kind of get over, like with people who just kind of um, look down on you in a lot of ways, you know, certainly within, not only with the, with the gaming industry, but it's just kind of like any industry, I feel like, um, and to kind of see her rise up against that and like really build something um, really cool in that sense. And, you know, just like how, how you did as well, like, you know, with, with GTR um, is, uh, is, is truly inspiring to see, honestly. Yeah. And that's good mm-hmm. because, you know, she's super talented, man, super talented. And, uh, you know, we met up a couple of times back in the days, you know, when we, she started and I gave her some tips and stuff. And and I also gave her some contacts, man. I was like, man, look, you're 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 a great writer. I love what, you, what you're doing and your team, too. Right. So why not? Let's let's help each other out. You know, I think that's the thing that I and throughout the whole movie, you'll see that everybody will say Danny was always helping me. Danny was always helping me. Right. The thing, the reason why I do that is because I love to give back, right? A lot of the contractors nowadays, when they get like a major contact or something, they're like, nope, 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 nope. And they just like, oh, it's all about me and that's it, right? I'm not saying for, for everybody to give contacts to every single person. You know, you got to be smart with that stuff. But, you know, it, I, I felt like this like great vibe with, with Yami. And I, I was like, man, I, I need to help her, man. You know, yeah. let's... um. Let me do something right here. And, you know, at the time, she wasn't even getting that many hits. You know, now she's she's getting crazy, crazy hits, man, on her on her um, website. And sometimes yeah. I'm watching TV. I'm watching, like, a sports game or something. Then they'll show, like, an ad of, uh, of a video game ad on TV, right? And I'm like, wait a minute. Look at this. They show, like, her, her name of the website and everything. I was like, oh, that's super cool, man. Yeah. Super cool. You know? I remember seeing that too, and like I was just blown away. It's like, wait a minute, that's 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 like Yami's website right yeah. there, like in the, like the commercial for the for the video game, like in the yeah. ad. It's just insane, <laughs> like to see that. But like it's it's again, like just kind of uh, it's kind of like a testament uh, to like her talent and to like her commitment, really, to making something. It's just kind of making a mark, really, in the gaming industry, and she she certainly mm-hmm. has done that and is still doing that to this day for sure. Yeah, definitely. No, I'm super proud of her, man. Yeah, I always got, we we always uh, talk talk all the time here because she she lives like super close to me, so. Yeah. yeah, probably gonna meet up with her one of these days. Yeah, Very cool. I mean, oh. It's it's just cool to help out the right people like that. Like, um, actually, this week alone, I uh, you, you I don't know if you know Jake James Lugo. He works over at IGN and yeah, 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 yeah. He's yeah. a cool guy. I've been uh, 
hooking them up with the, with this group called the controller people, these up and coming uh, controller makers in, in England. And they're, and they're doing really good stuff over there. Like uh, they made overwatch custom controllers and everything like that. And I hooked the two of them up together. And all of a sudden, like, you know, it wasn't like love, but you know, sparks flew anyway. Yeah. But, you know, it's, <laughs> I, I believe in helping out the people that can really make a difference here compared to the, you know, like I said, the YouTube influencers, or the Twitch stars that don't deserve it. You know, you, you want to help out the people that really feel that genuine vibe in our industry and everything like that and you know the people we talked about tonight they're they're just some of the examples you know it's really good to see community help each other like that and danny i mean i've known you for the longest time i think i've known you for about a decade now i've known you for like ages i think Mm -hmm. and every time i run into you i always like try to help you guys out however i can and you know every time i run into you you're like paris is like why are you here you know that sort of deal (laughs) (laughs) well i think it's more it's more than that because i mean Mm -hmm. during the gaming noise we were never gaming noise days this is like way back way back early 2001 and stuff but yeah yeah we were part of the same community but we were never friends it was like more like hey what's up hi you know Mm -hmm. But yeah, over ten years, that's when we became like good friends, man. So, yeah, yeah, I think. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've known you for the longest time, I guess. But it, I just every time I've just run into you, you guys have been nothing but genuine. Well, not Paris, but you guys have been nothing but genuine. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, but yeah, if, you know, I'm 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 excited for the release of the movie, um, and uh, you know, it's gonna be free, totally free, Twitch, YouTube, everything, man. So yeah, we're gonna have the live uh, stream. Uh, the 25th of this month, that's that's uh, Sunday, mm-hmm. at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can watch it live on Twitch. If you missed it, don't worry. We're going to have it available on Video On Demand there and also YouTube. And hopefully, maybe I'll put it up on, on Facebook because I really want people to, to see this. And um, I feel like how my grandmother changed my life, getting me that, that the Tower 2600 back in the days, right? Mm-hmm. That, that little small change it helped me to also inspire a lot of other people right back in the days when i first started with 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 with, um the podcast right and i feel like now with this movie it's gonna inspire like a whole new generation now i think um once it releases man so i'm I'm pretty excited man i'm super proud about this project man it's sure, awesome, yeah. man. We're looking forward to it, and we'll uh, put up the links for Gamertag Radio in our uh, channel there, so you guys can actually see where you can go to watch the movie. Uh, Danny, are you and the crew going to be on hand in the Twitch room when the movie's showing? Oh, of course. Nice. I, ha- I have a, a bottle that um, I met a podcaster that he also got inspired with my story when he when he watched uh, the Messengers, a podcast documentary mm-hmm. last year. So when I had our live show with p in paris he came with this uh nice little bottle of rum uh <laughs> that he gave he gave it to me and uh and i told him thank you and i told him i promised him that i'm gonna open it during the premiere of the movie yeah uh, i'm gonna watch it on twitch open it. i'm gonna drink with my family and just watch it together and just engage with the people that are there watching it man that's you know, awesome man yeah, yeah that's, well, that's like, great. congratulations again, like, on, on like, the documentary. And, uh, you know, again, like, pe- people can go see it uh, on uh, February 25th um, on uh, twitch.tv slash gamertag radio. Is that right? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. There you go. Very and cool. also, also, you know, I know we're talking a lot about, like, retro games and stuff. There's, there's some good history there, too, man. I don't want to say much, but there's some good history there, man, from back there in the day. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> it's going to surprise a lot of people, I think. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like and you know, as you mentioned there with um with like a Guitar Hero and everything, there was a particular scene that I won't say, but certainly one that was just like, oh yeah, I remember those parties. Oh boy, those were the days. Those were the parties. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. The, the good old days of Fat Paris, if you will. Oh boy, oh, boy. <laughs> for sure. Uh, he's got his gains now, so there yeah. it is. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Uh, so Robert, I believe you have a game code here to give away, right? Yep, I get a game card to give away for the Steam game, The Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 2. Uh, picks up one month after the decisive collusion or collision that changed the fate of the entire nation at the conclusion of the first game. Speedy tactical turn-based combat with the newly developed Arca system returns with all the bells and whistles players finally remember alongside a new overdrive mode, new means of transportation across both the land and sky, new allies, new dangers, and a renewed sense of hope. Uh, the Steam code here is 7MZG7. J D M nine two nine N I D nine. That's for Trails of Cold Steel two. Enjoy. Very cool. And so that's going to lead us now to the part of the show called Random Select. So this is a yes or no fifteen question game to guess which video game character Robert is this week. So uh, basically, this is going to be uh, you know just, just be all yes or no questions, uh, just going back and forth between you and me here, Danny. And um, it's basically trying to get, you know, guess which video game character that Robert is. After the fifth round of questions, Robert will give the first hint. After the tenth, uh, the tenth round of questions, Robert will give the second hint. And if after fifteenth rounds uh, we don't get it, then it's game over, as Raul Julia would say. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, so, 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 Danny, with you being our special guest, we'll have you start off with the first yes or no question. Uh, a Euro old school character. Um. I wouldn't say too old school, but I definitely count from the old school category. Mm. Mm. Okay. okay. Uh, I'll have to try to break this down a little bit more. So uh, are you male? Yes. Okay. Uh, do you have a gun, a weapon? Not in my hand. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Okay. Are you a Platinum Games character? No. Okay. Are you a fighting character, a fighting game character? No. Okay. Um, <sighs> did you did you originally come out on a game that uh, that released after two thousand? Did I that originally? Yeah, like did you like? Do you like, mean did, did you, I get my start after two thousand? You mean? Did you make your yeah? Did you make your start after the year two thousand? No, it was before then. Okay. Oh, before? Huh. Were you available on multiple consoles back in the days, or it was just one console? That's not really yes or no, but I'll say no. I started on one particular console, but I stuck with that line of consoles for sale. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> I think I okay. You think you might have it? I'll have to think it's, about this. Yeah, uh, let me let me just wait. I have to ask him two more questions and then I'll <laughs> okay. All right, I'll be going um, get money, David. It's you, fine. Do, do you have a uh, do you have like a muscly body? Yes. Okay. Huh. Let's see. <clears throat> uh. Do you have multiple special powers? I don't, but I can get access to some. Oh, I think I know what it is. <laughs> okay. Okay. 
Uh, hmm. Are you primarily blue? No. Okay. Damn it. And that's five, so <laughs> it's time for the first clue now. The okay. treats I serve aren't exactly tasty. Oh, man. You're killing me here, Robert. You're killing, <laughs> You're man, killing me, Smalls. That, I mean, are you sure in our last week's we went all the way to 15 because of fucking guess Otakon. Okay. Uh, yeah. We're in that kind of game. I'm sorry. This has come up. And I'm sorry to put you in the middle of this, Danny. All right. Do you have a companion? No. Jesus Christ. What is it? I <laughs> know. Uh, it's that kind of game. That's why I keep telling David. He's like, let's keep playing. How about this? Uh, were you ever in a Smash Brothers game? No. Okay. Were you in a handheld game? Mm, I'm gonna say yes because the series did go over to handheld for a little bit. Okay. Mm. Let's see. And you said that um, that you use like a weapon or a gun. You said I don't have one in my hand, but I do use something of that caliber in a game. Okay. Uh. Hmm. This is tough. They don't have a partner. Uh, hmm. Are you a Capcom character? No. Hmm. Are you a Nintendo character? Nope. <laughs> uh, are you? Hmm. Are you in like an action platformer type of game? Action, yes, but not necessarily platformer. But it is an action series. Hmm. Do you have a rope? No. <laughs> I think you had a very specific character in mind there, Danny. <laughs> I am not Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> we might need a rope after the end of this go game. Sorry. <laughs> it's your game. It's your game, David. I'm just That's playing. True. That's true. That's true. Um, hmm. Okay, I'm trying, trying to think here. So, male. Tasty treats. Tasty treats, <laughs> right. So, tasty treats are treats you probably don't want. Exactly. Think about that. Uh, the second clue will help you. Yeah. I hope so. Because you're uh, killing yeah. me. <laughs> and he's like, man, come on. My cousin's in town. Come on, Robert. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, did, you, did you originate from a Genesis game? No. Hmm. And is that nine or is that ten? Uh, that is nine. So, okay, yeah. so one more round, and then I'll give the second clue, and that'll help you out immensely. Do you originate from a Super Nintendo game? No. So it has to be hmm. after. Yep. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay, so did you originate from a PlayStation game? Yes. And Oof. with that, I will give you the second clue. I'm having the worst hair day ever. Huh? <laughs> I'm having the worst hair day ever. Interesting. Yep. <laughs> the worst hair day ever. Yes. So you think don't... about that. You don't like the treats I serve, and I'm having the worst hair day ever. Okay. All right. Did you – all right. You say PlayStation. Yep. Uh, the, this character, he had multi multiple uh, discs in order to play this game? No. Um, I said multiple games that I was in, but no, I did. You don't. The game doesn't require multiple discs. No. Okay. 
You know, PlayStation days, it was multiple. Yeah, I, I, know, I know. But this is one of the simpler one-disc releases. Because I, 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 thought, I thought of a character, but I'm like, okay, that's not it, I guess. Then. Okay. Sorry, man. <laughs> uh, is this character the hero of the game? No. <laughs> He's more like the villain. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, villain. Tricky. Mm-hmm. Treats. You got me there. Think about this. Think about this. PlayStation treats bad hair day villain. Huh. Boy, oh boy! <laughs> He's really killing us with this one here. Yeah. Um, hmm. All right, I'm going to give you one more clue because this is this yo. I'm stuck because I don't know okay. what else to ask. Okay, okay, we all scream. We all scream. Oh wait a minute! Hang on, I think David's got I think? it. <laughs> I think I there you go. I think maybe if you want to go ahead, David. Oh. All right. Uh, are you Sweet Tooth? Yes. Uh, oh, right. Right. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was pretty good. I thought. I mean, I I just decided. Uh, what the hell, Sweet Tooth? Throw it out there because yeah. he is, he is a bad guy. If you take a look at Twisted Metal Black, he's not nice. He's, he's definitely not <laughs> and, nice. And so. I do have access to an ice cream truck with multiple weapons, so I That's didn't true. lie oh, when I said oh, I had access to the guns. That's true. Yeah, That's true. true. You know, it's crazy that I originally thought it was Mega Man, and then I was, <laughs> I was like, thinking Mega Man as be, well. Yeah. <laughs> could it be Castlevania or like what? What? Like, oh man. And on top of that, the bad hair day. I thought they would have given it away because his head is on fire. Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah, literally on you, fire. You threw me off as soon as you said villain. I'm like, okay, he threw me off. I wasn't even thinking. Mm. Uh, oh, man. I feel like I feel like after um, after pinpointing that they were like a PlayStation character, that I should have asked if they were in PlayStation All Stars because like that, that that could certainly count. Oh, yeah, focus yeah. and not to just like have Smash Bros. Uh, you know, like question mm-hmm. those. So I, yeah, sh- so, I should have said something good. like no, but I'm in something along those lines. I could have said yeah. <laughs> it could have, yeah, but <laughs> you weren't nice though. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm the villain. Yeah. You're, you're, you're the villain. The time. villain of our podcast. That's me. That's true. <laughs> that's random select. Thank God it's over. Um. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's a good one, though, for sure. So, yep. um, so that's, uh, yeah, that's our cast episode 98, pretty much in the books. And uh, Danny, like, if, if you want to, you know, kind of like promote, like, as far as like your, your, like, you know, Twitter or like your, like, website or like anything else that you want to promote there, you, you know, you just feel free. You want to just uh, go to GamerTagRadio.com or you could go to Radio.com. That's part of CBS Radio and uh, look up GamerTag Radio. We're there. Um, or, you know, the, to make it easier for everybody, we could find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, other podcast directories are everywhere. So, uh, yeah, look us up. Very cool. Yeah. And um, yeah, and if, if you want to uh, you know to follow the Argcast on Twitter, we are at Arg Podcast. Same thing for Facebook, we are facebook.com slash Arg Podcast. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at the Guilty Man. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at twitter.com slash the DCD. You can also check out my work at comicbook.com slash gaming. I just wrote a guide on what to do if you're getting a Nintendo 64. Because mm. there's a retro there's a retro push for it, and I put a lot of steps in terms of like what you need to get with the Nintendo 64. It's like controllers, expansion pack, uh, a copy of GoldenEye, stuff like that. And uh, I also wrote up this great piece talking about the fifth anniversary of Sony's announcement of the PlayStation 4, which is today. Um, so happy fifth anniversary to that announcement. It's obviously made big waves since then. Uh, you know, So there you go. If you want to read more about that, comicbook.com slash gaming. I can't believe it's been that long ago already. <laughs> no, crazy. right? Wow. <laughs> Time flies. 
it for does. sure. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And uh, also, I have to mention, too, that we are a partner with Don't Feed the Gamers, so definitely check them out at don'tfeedthegamers.com. They are run by our friend Liana Ruppert, who also works with Robert there, comicbook.com. Uh, God help her. Um, God help her, exactly. And uh, if, it, you know, and, you know as, as far as, like, any uh, any kind of, like, fan-centric gaming news or coverage, basically, that's where you want to go. So, again, that's don'tfeedthegamers.com. And uh, also, um, you know, also, we are part of the RetroZap network, so you know, if, if you want to, uh, you know, if basically, if you want to, like, send us any emails, I should say, uh, you know, we're, we're part of the RetroZap network, so you can email us at rcast at retrozap.com. And to check out other RetroZap uh, you know, podcasts, we do have a whole bunch of uh, Star Wars related ones, such as Bruise and Blasters, Kanata's Castle, Starship Sabres and Scoundrels, uh, Skywalker Through Neverland. Uh, there's also Beltway Bontas, which is really cool because it combines both politics and Star Wars. So if you're both minds, it's definitely the podcast for you. There's also the Deucecast movie show. So if you're a big movie fan, that's definitely the podcast for you. And those guys have been doing it for over 300 episodes now. So they definitely know what they're doing over there. And uh, there's also the Animaniacast. So if you're a big Animaniacs fan, that's definitely the podcast for you. And it's also Rob Paulson approved. And there's also the Techno Retro Dad. So if you're, a, you know, if you're a fan of old school stuff, and of course you are because you're listening to the Rcast, you'll love the Techno Retro Dads because they cover stuff in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Not only just video games, but also toys, commercials, things like that. And yeah, there's also us with Rcast. So be sure to find us on iTunes, uh, subscribe, give us five stars, and tell your neighbors. We're also on Stitcher and also Google Play Music. So there's absolutely no reason to not listen to the Rcast. And yeah, again, this Rcast episode 98 in the books. Until next time, keep it retro. Say goodbye to the bad guy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you're Scarface or if you're Razor Ramon at this point. I don't know. Either way, I'm still better than Paris. So, you know. (laughs) Shots fired. Oh, shots fired. He's been vanquished, if you will. Oh, man. (laughs) The callbacks are real. (laughs) We're we're definitely going to stop by the Gamertag radio chat on Sunday with the premiere. So, definitely look for us and say hi and stuff. Cool. Thanks, man. Won't have rum. Sorry, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Catch you guys next week. Otherwise, absolutely. Catch you guys later. This is Rob and Jay from the Classic Gaming Podcast. We uh, play and talk about old school video games on our podcast. I know you probably couldn't have guessed that from the name of it, but uh, as for me, I tend to prefer the old, the good old point-and-click adventure game genre. I also like strategy games. I play a lot of a wide variety of stuff. Uh, uh, as for Jay? Yeah, I'm really partial to RPGs and RTSs, so things like Final Fantasy Tactics and Chrono Trigger to that of StarCraft or Age of Empires. Um, generally with the podcast, we try to stay on topic, but we usually end up going off on super, super far tangents. Give us a listen over at the HP Video Game Podcast Network. You can also find us at ClassicGamingPodcast.com, and uh, we hope you check us out.